If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call J.T. Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan Rudolph and AJ Hayfley, presented by The Green Solution. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Central Division and how their prospect squads rank up looking towards the future. Before we do get into that, I did just want to mention, despite it being August now, this week is the Halinka Gretzky tournament, which at least for me is exciting because it kind of marks the new year of looking at prospects for the upcoming 2020 draft. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. about that. AJ, are you excited about that? And are you excited to get into some of the central division prospects today? Halink is always a big deal, man. Uh, This is where draft hype starts. Yep. You know, you look at last, uh, this most recent draft class, Vasily Podkolzin, his draft hype was, was built on the back of good international performances, starting with Halinka. So even though it's the first week of August, this tournament matters and it matters a lot. Yep. And if you go back and you look at top scores from this tournament in history, it's littered with top prospects who have worked out guys who have uh, gone on to be very, uh, very, very successful careers. Guys, Nathan McKinnon, Taylor Hall, et cetera, et cetera. Even so. Yeah. This is, and it's not to say all the top guys at Lincoln do well. You know, Thomas Novak was uh, a big, a big star at one of these things. Yep. But I tell you, uh, this is this is the beginning of draft season, and if for me, man, it's actually weird just personally because 
I have to kind of because I've got the beat writer gig. Right, of course. Uh I've got to kind of pick and choose what I spend my time on. Yeah. And because it's the Avs, almost every year I've devoted a lot of time to the draft. Uh this upcoming season I actually will be devoting less than normal. Just because I, you know, if the Avs are making a deep playoff run or a run towards the division title, that's what we're going to be focusing on. Right. Until they're in last place in January again. (laughs) Right. And if that happens, then obviously you shift focus, but it won't be for me. It won't be the same level uh, of focus on the draft just because my day job says that I I've got something else to keep an eye on. I need to be I need to be focusing elsewhere. So that's what I'll do. But it, I do like Linka, and I do, uh, I do enjoy that it's important, and it, and it becomes a season long talking point because we do, you always do. If a guy does well here but struggles uh, in the season, there is always you always always see well he did well at Linka. Sasha Mutala, an example of that from last draft. There you go. So. Yeah, uh, it's a tournament that matters, and it's one that we will be talking about all year long in terms of draft prospects because it it kind of sets the tone for draft season. Guys who do well have to live up to it. Guys who don't do well have to overcome it. Yeah, I I agree. It's just always a, a fun time to. It's not the new NHL season, but it's kind of the turnover of the year for me into the next NHL season, and and you can start looking forward to that a bit more. So. Who are some of the guys that you like for this upcoming draft class? Just getting going. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's hard to gauge. I'm not exactly sure where the Avs will be drafting. Obviously, yeah, no, I don't about... mean in just in regards to the Avs. I mean, just in general, who are some of the guys that you're watching as the season gets going? Do you have any personal I mean, favorites yet? Obviously, the top guys in Lafreniere and Byfield are just silly. Laffy, <sighs> especially, is just I love unreal. Byfield, man. Yeah, I watched him as much as I could last year just to try and keep uh, a f- an, an eye on him. Yeah, I'm a real big fan of Perfetti as well. I really like his game, but it's just so early. You see some of these guys like last year at the start of the year, Newhook was getting top three conversation and yeah, they're going to the change up a ton. The uh, the Swedish kids too, Holtz and Raymond are, are fun. They're Raymond they carry is my that guy, team. man. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> I watching him he's so balanced and he does he he has explosive skating turned into an art form cuz he right. looks like he he looks like he glides. Yeah, he is one of those you get those a lot from the northern euro countries, the kids who can just float on the ice. Yeah. It's really I'm I'm very excited for uh Watching him kind of separate and kind of move along uh, through through the draft process, especially with a, a fellow countryman uh, in competition with him. Yeah, maybe a little bit further down the list. I like a lot of the D in this class, which doesn't line up well with what the Avs are probably going to be drafting. <laughs> yeah, but uh, both Gooley and Barron are, are guys that I've enjoyed watching. And uh, interesting to note, uh, Justin Barron, uh, best friends with Matthew Steinberg. There you go. It's uh, it's interesting the connections that get made from Steinberg to Newhook to Baron there. <laughs> yeah, well, and Steinberg uh, played at uh, he he was at St. Andrews last year where uh, Justin's older brother Morgan was. Right, and then he followed Morgan to uh, Cornell. So. Yep, and 
and it's it's interesting that like Justin and and Steinberg are the best friends, but he's following Morgan's career path. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the new hook is just like, what's that? Play out east in the maritime. I'm gone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, I it, it's interesting uh, how that how those things do shake out and. Uh, but I, I, I don't know, man. I, I've got to say, you, I do think that the Avs should probably be looking D in the first round this upcoming. Uh, if just starting for right now, I think that's what they should really be targeting. Yeah, I, it's the first round this early. <laughs> you kind of, it's still wait and see mode, especially when you're not expecting to be drafting in the top ten, really. Yeah. It for the Avs. It, things will shake out significantly later, I imagine. For sure. I just think if I'm looking at the systems right now, which is what you and I are going to do today. Right. Um, looking at these systems and just, just peeking at Colorado's, you know, Colorado has a surprising amount of defensive depth if you count Byram in there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hell, if you still counted Makar in there, because going into the preseason, I think a lot of people will still have Makar on the, on the prospect list. Because he hasn't technically graduated, but he's graduated, right? <laughs> um, because if with, without that, you know, your Colorado list looks like Makar, you know, Byram, and then you also have Timmons and Hellison and Malosh on there, right? Uh, but then Makar and Byram could be both graduated this year. Timmons, there's an off chance Timmons is too, and then you're talking about real you, quick. You, right. you, you, you've got all these young guys in the HL. That's great, but they're also going to get expensive and you're going to need ELCs to come in. You're going to need Malosh. You're going to need Hellison to turn into hits. Uh, and Colorado it spent quite a, quite a number of draft capital on, on the defense the last couple of years. You know, uh, two fourth overall picks, uh, two second round picks in Timmons and Hellison and a 40th overall on in uh, on Malosh back in 2015. So yeah they've been they've been working they've been using high for sure yeah yeah, they've been using a lot of like high impact assets here to to try and get it right and it looks like from where we're sitting today it sure looks like they have yeah i i agree there uh before we jump into the entire central divisions prospect pool here i do want to take a second to acknowledge breckenridge brewery the official beer of bsn denver breckenridge is the original colorado beer established in 1990 in breckenridge colorado you probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter their oatmeal stout and most people's personal favorite the world famous avalanche which is their classic american amber ale but they just released a new beer called strawberry sky that you guys are going to love for you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. It was just launched not too long ago, and you'll be able to see all of our events that we have planned on there where you can come drink Breck beers with us if you RSVP. So please come out and have a good time with all of us. Okay, actually, I did get a 15-pack of Breckenridge beer over the weekend, and my wife drank all of the avalanches, so I missed out on one of my favorite beers from them. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was disappointed. <laughs> what uh, What else was in that pack? Uh, it was the avalanche, the vanilla porter, mm-hmm. their agave wheat, which is actually really good. Yeah. Um. They're one of their IPAs. I forget which one. 
And there was something else, too, that I can't remember. Not sure. <laughs> yeah, can't remember, but but it was a really nice pack. Our local liquor store had a deal where if you buy the 15-pack, you get like five bucks off this week or something. So I had to go for it. Yeah, I mean, I'd be all about that, man. Uh, whatever <laughs> I didn't want, the roommates would devour, so... <laughs> there you go. I should. Yeah. I sh- yeah, I should hit up. I need. I need to be more on top of my liquor stores. <laughs> we have a nice one nearby, but let's jump in to one of the prospect pools that makes me want to drink, and that is the St. Louis Blues. Oh, Pretty... start, starting at the bottom. Yeah, start at the bottom. I, I know. Got to save the good guys for last. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Blues. They haven't had too many first-round picks in the last couple of years. They've had a lot of great graduations and guys like Thomas, as well as uh, Samuel Blay and Zachary Sanford. Even a little bit earlier, but Vince Dunn. You're looking at their defensive prospects, and there is just almost nothing there. Mm-hmm. They do have some things on the other end, like Dominic Bach up front and Jordan Cairo, if you want to count him. Almost graduated, will certainly graduate this year, but that's another solid piece for them. Mm-hmm. It, it's just there's not much young depth there. Yeah, this is, uh, the, as you had mentioned, graduations. Uh, yeah. This is Robert Thomas um, would have had them much higher on our list, almost on his own, because he's right. such a stud of a prospect. But this is... Uh, a system that has churned out some success stories. And it's funny because where they've failed, it hasn't hurt them. Yeah. You know, Clem uh, Costin was a second first round pick that they traded right. up for. And he looks like a bust right now. Uh, but I, I mean, just a flat out bust. Right. Not an NHL players. When I, when I say a bust, that's what I mean. It's just, they, they use a first round pick on a guy who's not going to make the league at all. Correct. And doesn't look like he'll even get games at this point. Right. He doesn't, he's, he has not looked good at all through two years, Yeah. but they took Robert Thomas 11 picks before that. So they're kind of just like, well, eh. you yeah. live with it, you know? <laughs> it, and when you're like drafting Siemens after Landis, right. It's and well, and that's two, that's two picks in the top 11, you know, that's a little different. Sure. That's missing on Siemens hurts a lot more than missing on Costin, who they traded up for. Right. Uh, so, you know, they lost out on they, you know, they busted on a first rounder, but then they also lost out on whatever the picks that were used to move up. I'm assuming seconds and thirds because they didn't have any that year. <laughs> yeah. But then, and then like they had Tage Thompson in 2016, who is a, a bad pick the second that it was made. But they capitalized on Buffalo and and turned him into Ryan O'Reilly. So, you know, again, like they missed on a pick, but they got out of it quickly enough that it didn't matter. And Jordan Cairo looks like he's good enough that he could make it up and essentially be like, okay, well, they missed on their first rounder, but they got Ryan O'Reilly and another uh, player out of that draft. They did well. Plus, that was the year they also had Evan Fitzpatrick, who it's still too early to give up on him as as a prospect yet. So Jordan Cairo, definitely their top guy. Uh, Dominic Bach, I think, is probably their second guy. Yep. I and agree. then after that, 
you know, two, two guys, significant gap. Yeah. Two guys who could be high end forwards. And then after that, I had, uh, I had Eric Foley, Scott Perunovich and Billy Huso, all guys who could be pretty good. Eric Foley's had a very good, uh, college career. Perunovich has put together also a solid college career. Could be good guys down the road. I don't know that either is really high end, uh, but could be NHL players. And Billy Huso was hurt last year, which opened yeah. the door for Jordan Bennington. So, you know, funny, fun yeah. bit of history. People forget quickly that Huso was the, the much higher touted goalie down there before yeah. he got hurt last year. <laughs> Absolutely. And for good reason, because we saw him in the split affiliation with the Avs and Blues yep. uh, two years ago. He was very good. He was. So uh, still too early for me to really give up on Huso, but he obviously needs a big bounce back after what was a disaster of a season last year. Yeah, I, I agree there. They're, I do think they have decent goalie depth with Fitzpatrick and Huso. There are some other teams that we'll get mm-hmm. to that basically have no real goalie prospects in this division. And they do at least have something there. Again, your decor of legitimate prospects basically consists of Perunovich for them. And that's the beginning and end of that list. And that's probably their biggest problem. Yeah. I uh, lack of depth and no high end. Right. With Robert Thomas graduating out. Right. The high of course. Just not quite there. Yeah. It's it's where it's it's where you're you're looking and you're you're really wondering like these are the best prospects that they have in their system right now. Uh, what are they? You're not looking at meaningful NHL reinforcements here, like Eric Foley, Scott Perunovich, like these guys. These guys could work out. Um. And, and, and be like situational, like role guys. Like I think Perunovich could be their own very offensively tilted version of Sam Gerard. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's you can get quality players out of them, but are you really getting a top pairing defenseman or a top six forward is the question. There. Right. And really, I mean, if you get a top four defenseman, I think you've done right. very, very well for yourself, regardless of where that guy gets drafted. Yeah, I don't care I, if that guy gets drafted in the top five. If you get a top four defenseman, you've done well at the draft table. It's so hard to get those guys out of teenagers. Yes. And with Perunovich, they have a chance to maybe get um, a, a, an offensive guy. I just don't I don't love any of their high-end guys. And I'm not sold that Kairou becomes a meaningful full-time NHL player. I think he's a guy that he's put up unbelievable numbers everywhere he goes. But because he's not going to get top six time, I'm not sure that continues. Yeah. And I would not be surprised if a team swooped in on him in a year or two uh, in as in like a deadline type thing. Yeah. And was like, hey, let's let's get a guy out of here that we can't give opportunity to. And we'll take on somebody's defenseman, you know, like a Jordan Cairo for a Nick Malosh type thing. Sure. You know, where a guy gets blocked and you just there's just too many bodies in the way and it's not an indictment of that player. And you just, okay, well, now maybe we're looking for something, a, a change of scenery kind of something thing. that fits a little better. For yeah, sure. yeah. Go, where he goes to an organization that can give him more of a, a shot at, at in the top six and in, in four at forward. So 
Um, that's that's where I'm I'm worried with Kairu, even as their top guy. And Bach is more it's it's timeline. I don't know how long yeah. that's gonna take. Definitely and either. I don't know what that looks like. I was not his biggest fan in his draft year. Uh very dangly, very high end playmaking ability. That stuff sucks you in, but the quality of competition was was kind of iffy. Um, you know, playing playing in like a Swedish junior is just like right. Mm. You always got to question that a little bit for and, sure. And well, and he had a good year in the SHL last year, so you're feeling good about that. Uh, but it's where does he come over? Where does he play? I'm I'm not I'm just not I'm just not really sure, and I don't know what he turns into. It's kind of. I guess what we're saying is St. Louis doesn't really have any game changers in their prospect pool. My so man. I'm excited to tell you about some game changing coffee instead. Strava Craft is the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD infused coffee has taken away long term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it, it's done it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. It's going to be it for segment one. We're coming back in segment two to dunk on the Minnesota Wild. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan and AJ. We've put St. Louis at the bottom of the barrel for the Central Division prospect pools. Mm-hmm. Next up for me is the arch enemy in Minnesota. They that have, is. It's, it's very nice to see them down near the bottom of this list. It's been a couple of years of struggle for them. I think the reason I kept them out of the bottom spot is they did quite well for themselves this year in 2019. But yeah, this this year's class is too it's too fresh. They haven't started to prove that any of them are baddies yet. Right. <laughs> and as of right now, uh too many of the names that they took are guys I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I definitely think that's fair. I everyone knows you love Matt Boldy who they ended up taking, which yeah. you predicted. So <laughs> Yeah. Sons of <laughs> It wasn't just that though. Like I'm not I'm not the biggest uh Vladdy first off fan. Yeah, but he's still a solid, like a solid, legit second rounder and a guy who who was a point per game in the USHL last year. So, you know, he's a solid player. I do really like Hunter Jones. Adam Beckman was one of my favorite guys in that range of the draft Uh, for them to get Marshall Warren in the sixth round was, I thought, really, really good work. Uh, and then Philip Lindbergh in the seventh round. We've all watched a lot of UMass the last couple of years. Yeah, he's been really good. So uh, I I liked what they what they did. Honestly, that I thought their body of work was really 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 good. And they the the Kuzkov pick uh, from London was very San Jose yeah. in in its nature, where they. They use a fifth, sixth round pick on a depth guy on an OHL team, um, or on a, I should say on a CHL team yeah. that will get a lot more responsibility in the next couple of years and could be a could be a major sleeper for them. So I really liked this draft class. It's the exact opposite of last year's draft class for them, which was awful. <laughs> which 
even while it was unfolding, I was like, gosh, I don't mind this one bit. <laughs> Thinking of it as a as a they're they're the blood rival perspective. Yeah, right. Did not mind did not mind them blowing all of their picks last year. But that was totally fine with me. Yeah, no no complaints about them ending up with Philip Johansson and, and Jack McBain. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, arguably their best pick is that they've made uh, the last couple of years was Kirill Kaprizov. Who has his own issues and right, who's may never come over. Destroying yeah. in, in the KHL, you know, 51 points in 57 uh, games last year as a 22-year-old, but went on record one time and, and kind of blew off the notion that he would sign with the Wild because uh, this was pre-Paul Fenton that they never they drafted him and then never talked to him. Yeah, just ignored him for a couple of years. They, just, they were just like, okay, well, we got this guy, so that's great, and we'll talk to him when we're good and ready. And he apparently did not appreciate that and seems perfectly content <clears throat> playing on one of Russia's few financially stable teams and tearing it up. Yeah. The, it, the idea that he comes over, he's a great prospect, and as a fifth-round pick was a was a – killer killer selection but he may never come over so right. it may not end up mattering at all exactly some guys that are a little bit closer they too had a couple of graduations and luke cunning and jordan greenway both mm-hmm. maybe not quite living up to the hype that they were hoping for but they're off the list now so you're kind of moving down the lineup they don't really have much at all on defense another team that, that struggles to have anything in the immediate future on defense Dude, nothing on f- at forward, some guys we both like in Will Bitten and Ivan Lodnia. Uh, mm-hmm. Two guys that, that maybe could be impact players for them if they can get a little bit more out of them. I had two favorites of mine um, in their draft years. I was a big, big Will Bitten fan, especially. Yeah. Uh, when he got uh, swooped by Montreal, I was uh, just a little piece of me just... Uh, <laughs> Not was, happy about it. Was it was very like, come on, Montreal, like... Why you guys? Why you guys got to do that? It it hurt it hurt my heart a little bit. And then they took Josh Anderson with the next pick. Yeah, and it was like, okay, oh no, <laughs> yeah. And you know, Will Bitten has been a really solid. Uh, had had a really good uh, AHL debut season last year. Yep. Um, and is a is a guy that I really like as a future bottom six guy. But that's the problem. Is right. All of their top guys outside of, a, I mean, Caprizov and Boldy. Yeah. You're really, and really like this year's draft class is you're talking about depth guys. Yeah. They really have nothing that I would even consider medium to high end until Boldy is ready. Yeah. Like Hunter Jones, you're hoping, but you're still talking about that's like five years down the road. Right. And so getting too hyped on Hunter Jones right now is just like, oh, don't bother. Red too early. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't I don't bother getting excited about any goaltenders uh until they're twenty one, unless they do something crazy. Yeah, unless you're out here doing Carter Hart things, basically. Right. And like Carter Hart, like he was obviously special. Yeah. He stood out with what he had done in his junior career, like the 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 track record he had put together. That was one where you could see it and you were like, Okay, like this is this is different. Yeah, for sure. The very different calibers of, of picks there. Yeah. Cause like that guy got drafted and his numbers were like, 
okay, we're just going to skyrocket. <laughs> and they just kept getting better and better. And then his last year in the WHL, he just was truly dominant. Yep. Yeah, it's that's how that position goes. If you're at the, the top end of it, you can drag a team to nearly anything. So... <laughs> When you when you get there, it's it's such a clear difference. Absolutely, it's 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 a tough position. You know, when we always do our abs lifts and stuff, it's always goalie separate. Yeah, because it's such a hard position to kind of mix in gauge for sure. Uh, but that they have a Hunter Jones, like good for them, I guess. Right. It- Overall, Minnesota's draft their their most recent draft class is really the one that is going to have to carry them because 2018 seriously already looks like it's in potential of being one of those very rare draft classes that produces zero NHL games played. Yep. I think there's a very real possibility of that happening, which well, is 2017 could too. Yeah. Like, the immediate future not great. <laughs> there's a lot of work to be done for them to get NHL games out of both the 17 and 18 draft classes. That's why they're, and and they're, that's why they're really realistically, they're at the bottom of the central division here. Yeah. And the only reason St. Louis is at the bottom is because of graduations and Minnesota doesn't really have as much of that problem. Like you mentioned, like Erickson at Greenway and Cunning all are kind of off their list. But they uh, weren't that high before. Either, right. So. But like you add those guys in and you're like, Cool, that's half of your bottom six. Right, exactly. So, lacking high end, lacking depth, uh, lacking immediate reinforcements, Minnesota's draft class uh, prospects pipeline is just lacking. It's just lacking. Especially if you cut off 2019. 2019 could be the golden goose that really kind of... Saves uh, them, yeah. That, that injects some life into a, an organization that increasingly looks like it's it's slowly withering away and dying. I I mean, yes, it could help them. I would say there's still significant work to do for whoever it is they end up hiring in that GM spot. Yeah. And great. One less problem for the Avs to worry about, as far as I'm concerned, until they make it a problem again. But <laughs> Yeah. Moving on to one of the closer teams to the Avs, at least in distance to travel, Dallas Stars. This is kind of an interesting one. They do have Ty DeLandry assigned to a contract. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beyond that, another team, well, I guess they have Adam Masher in too, but not a ton of immediate help there. They might not need a ton, especially on the defensive end. They've had some graduations as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. Haskin and Klingberg's older now, but they're locked into guys like him and Lindell as well. And so, Lexiak, uh, who yeah. they traded away and then traded for again. Those right. are all guys that their system produced. Yeah. So, I mean, this was this was the team that had too many guys then couldn't find a home for Patrick Nemeth. So, you know, you've got to give them a little bit of credit there. They've found a lot of guys on that blue line uh, that they've drafted and developed in the last couple of years. Does that give you hope that Thomas Harley will be better than we rate him? Um, No, I think I think Harley was an OK pick where it was given the board and all things considered. Um, I would have liked Hinola over Harley. Um, I would have liked Bjornfoot over Harley, but 
if they were determined to go defense there, there weren't though. Those are the only two options that I probably would have gone with over him. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's although my Ryan Johnson love is big. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not as in love with Ryan Johnson. Definitely would have liked Hanola over Harley. I think Bjornfoot and him were a coin flip. I know you weren't the biggest Bjornfoot fan. Yeah. It's it's still an interesting draft for them because yeah. they they do have a lot of D and from all sorts of rounds still on their non-professional lists. You know, guys like Ben Brinkman who fell forever this year. Uh, where do they find... Weird. Yeah, like it, a, it was an okay weird. defenseman coming out of the Big Ten, just finishing up his freshman year, and there's 172 guys that you think are better than that. He didn't score a ton, but yeah, it's oh, I, uh, for a guy that had that much hype, like even close to first round hype at times at the start of last season. Uh, maybe find something there, and and you're doing less projecting because he's already played a year in college. Yeah, you know what to expect. He's not jumping into the college game. Yeah. I that's stuff like that always kind of baffles me. Like it's it's almost like the extra year hurts him because he's playing a depth role for Minnesota. And he's not coming out and and having like a big you know, he he's not having big numbers in a USHL squad that he can put up 45 points or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it it going into college the year early and and playing on a second or third pairing for them it almost hurts a guy like that at times it yeah i think that's fair you have to be able to put those numbers that he produces into the context of well he really wasn't playing that much yeah but for Dallas, it's kind of how do they piece together that next wave of forwards? Like we mentioned, Delandria is, is the big piece there, but they also have guys like Ty Felber, Riley Tufty, Dennis Gurianov, a bunch of people that are pretty polarizing. I know you don't like Gurianov at all. Uh, I'm not. No. A, I'm not a big fan of Tufty. <laughs> I heard one of the NHL scouts last year talking about Gurianov to one of, to another team scout, and those guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's as rude as I've ever heard an NHL scout talk about uh, a, an opposing team's player. Typically, yeah, if they don't like a guy, there's they're like, oh, well, you know, he he's only got one gear or he's he's too soft on the puck or it's a typical like hockey analysis. And instead, yeah. these two guys just emasculated him like it was they could not stand anything about him as a player. And honestly, I didn't disagree. I just never heard NHL scouts be that harsh before. All right. Not a lot of faith in him, I guess. No, they, those two guys in particular, not, and they're two guys from organizations that are only okay at their own draft and development. So kind of a, kind of a throwing stones from a glass house, but that's the job, right? <laughs> um, I do really like Jason Robertson. I Yeah. He's the one that just had an insane last year. Yeah, I do worry about the feet. Yeah. Because that's got to translate. Like, that absolutely, it has to translate. Otherwise, he's just going to be another one of those guys that put up huge numbers, and you go on to Hockey DB or Elite Prospects, and you look it up, and you're like, oh, I wonder what happened to that guy. Because he would have <laughs> been a first-round pick easily. Yeah. Uh, back in 2017, had he 
not had serious questions about his feet. He was a guy, I mean, the the talent wasn't the problem. It was the feet. And I, I can't say that I've watched a ton of him in the last couple of years, so I don't know how that's developed. But that'll be the question. He's got to he's gotta develop that aspect of his game. He's got to get it going. Uh, if he's going to be successful at the next level, could and, easily and- be one of their top guys, though. Um, him and Landria... Uh, Really, I think are the guys that have to they have to hit for them yeah. for this this wave because it already looks like Riley Tufty's a bust. Um, I don't know anything about Albin Eriksson, although good numbers in Sweden, so hey, maybe. <laughs> um, other than that, man, it's it's a bunch of misses at forward. They've they've blown their first round picks repeatedly. Um, Gurionov and Tufty, Julius Honka, Valerie Nachushkin. Hell, Roddick Foxa at 13th overall is even a bit of a letdown just because he's a 30-point player. Yeah, not exactly a first half of the first round type production there, is it? Yeah. It's it's they've they've not done well to get high-end guys out of very many of their picks. Um Haskinen obviously is a is a stud, and the other guy, you know, I think could be really good for them. Jake Ottinger, yeah, Ottinger is actually a, a good bit of the reason why I have them ahead of Minnesota. Yeah, because they have a goalie prospect that is a couple of years in, right? <laughs> yeah, I I liked Colton Point, but you can't ignore that he got into the into pro hockey last year and just got swallowed whole yeah it was not pretty so it and you know sometimes there's an adjustment period there for goalies in a couple of years colton point may well be back in in nhl ready but you have ottinger ahead of him and then you have points as well they do have a nice defensive prospect pool or goaltending prospect pool there yeah that Frankly, Minnesota is just wishing on Jones to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and it's it's just an okay system, really. Too many right. misses, and yeah. where they've where they've had hits, uh, they've gotten like Roddick Foxa level players out of them who are like you need those guys. Um, a really good defensive center gives you thirty points, like it's a valuable player, but not. You're not drafting with the 13th pick. You're not looking to get, right, to get a, those guys. a bottom six guy that, like, hey, Colorado went out and signed Belmar. You know, and Foxa is better than Belmar, but given the relative costs uh, involved in, in acquiring those guys, Colorado was, did way better with their asset management there. You know, giving, right. giving a cheap two-year deal to a guy that is okay and is going to give you 15 points – Versus using the thirteenth pick on a long term three C, it's they needed more from that, and that's kind of the story of their drafting the last several years. They've had, you know, Klingberg was a huge home run for them. Haskinen was a huge home run for them, and then after that, it's been a whole lot of just meh, middling to meh. Yeah, I mean, they got two first round picks. They had two first round picks in Nachushkin and Dickinson, and they may not get a single quality NHL player out of either one of them as Dickinson is still just struggling to prove he belongs. Right. It's, and it, they don't have that next wave of forwards like we talked about. Yeah. And the only ELC 
in their forward core is Rupe Hints, which is up after this year. So and hey, that was a good find for them, second round. But again, you're talking about right now that guy has a 20 point season on his record, and that's it. Like you're, yeah. you might be excited about him. I think he's going to be better, but you really have to kind of stem the tide of the excitement because it's not deserving of real hype. Yeah, I I agree. Keep things moving. One more team to get through in this segment, that being the Winnipeg Jets up north. We're starting to get into better prospect pools here. I still think there's some some decent holes in this Winnipeg's team, but they do have some good pieces, starting with Christian Veselainen and Billy Hanola. Yeah. Two very, very solid pieces, first-round picks that you're looking at to, to be impact players. Veselainen, very likely this year for them, and Hanola. Yep probably next year. Yeah, I would say Vestalainen, uh he's got to he's got to make the jump this year and uh, probably in their bottom 6 to start with if only because their top 6 is still really really good. Yeah. Uh but having like a third line uh with a guy like Vestalainen and Roslovic on it is certainly very intriguing. Uh if it ends up being yeah. if it ends up being like more like Little or Perot and Vestalainen that's still very intriguing. <laughs> so yeah, it's Veselinen. I I think is is one of the better prospects uh, in the Central Division right now. Yeah, it, I would agree. Um, outside of some of the Avs guys, maybe, but <laughs> outside of like a couple of the high end guys, like yeah, like Kirby Doc, uh, Bowen yeah. Byram, Adam Bolkvist. Maybe even Philip Tomasino, just because I really love his game. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about like some really, really good, like high end prospects. I think yeah. Veselainen is just in that tier just below those guys. Yeah, I I definitely think he, he's set up to be a, a very solid, if top six potential piece for mm-hmm. Winnipeg going into the future. And they do probably need him to be. He's the immediate reinforcements as they kind of wait and looking at their non-professional prospect pool, especially on the forward side, it does look a little bit thin, mm-hmm. not a ton that I'm, I'm super excited about some of the guys on here, defensemen like Dylan Sandberg. Yeah. That's where they're trying to make their money out of the 17 draft, I guess 18 and 19, kind of more of the same thing. A, a lot of their earlier round picks are either already pro or, or, don't look super strong. Yeah, I do like uh, what they have on that back end. Um, some of their guys are uh, kind of stalled out a little bit. Like Logan yeah. Stanley was a first round pick that, again, they were okay missing on because they had Patrick Line. And it was like, <laughs> well, I guess this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, th- I think they've made some really good picks. Their 15 class actually it could end up being unbelievably good between Kyle Connor, Jack Roslevic, Eric Foley's in St. Louis now. Uh, Mason Appleton is is one of the more underrated players maybe in the entire league. Um, Sammy Niku is a guy that's going to get top six minutes this year to prove that he can play. And Michael Spachek is another guy that could have an NHL future. Uh, so that that 15 class from the Jets could end up being unbelievably good. And, you know, one of the guys they took in at the end of 2016, Mikhail Burden, 
yeah. Russian goaltender in unbelievable numbers. So keep just something to keep an eye on. One of those guys where you just take a take a flyer on a Russian kid, and especially in goal, because they've started to produce so many goaltenders over there. They really have that. It's just like screw it. Just take one every year. Just take a just take a Russian goalie. I don't care where he is. <laughs> Maybe so, you get lucky. Yeah, you know you've got those guys. Uh, David Gustafson was a second round pick for them. Their first pick in 2018. Uh, had a had a nice year in the in the SHL. Need to see more there, right. but uh, it's a it's a system that I think is deeper than the ones we've talked about. I and the two guys at the top, especially Hanola and Veselainen, could be legitimate studs in the NHL. So you're talking lots of depth and a little bit of high end, and I I think that's why Winnipeg comes in right in the middle of the division systems. It's uh, it's funny how having a little bit of high end helps flush out your depth a little bit because you push those guys down the lineup a bit, and they yeah. don't have to be that next up. Well, it makes it easier. Certainly, it makes right. it a lot easier for those guys to transition into more appropriate roles, and you're not spending a lot of time playing a TJ Galliardi on your first line because you just don't have <laughs> right. any other options. Right. You know where that guy needed to be spending his early career figuring out how to succeed in the bottom six. He was playing all kinds of offensive roles and chipping in and getting some some cheap points. Uh, and then when he had to when he had to do it in later in his career, he couldn't he couldn't make the adjustment. He couldn't figure out how to continue to be successful because he'd spent his early career playing offense. Exactly. I think that's a good place to wrap segment two. We'll come back in segment three with the top three teams prospect pools in the central division. First, got to pay a couple bills. As mentioned, this podcast is sponsored by the Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase, and we will be back in segment three. Final segment of this BSN Avalanche podcast, looking at prospects of the Central Division. We've gone through the bottom four teams. In third place, I have the Nashville Predators. AJ, are you on the same page as me with this one? Uh, I also do have Nashville there, although this one is closer than I expected when I sat down to make the lists. Yeah. Yeah, I I do think they they are surprisingly strong Mm -hmm. in their prospect pool for a team that has been competitive for a cup for a handful of years now. A lot of that is banking on Eli Tolvanen being what he was touted as being. Mm -hmm. Still has something to prove there, I would say. Uh, A bunch. Really, the same problems that plagued him uh, in his draft year continue to plague him. As far as other players that may be closer to the NHL, you have Dante Fabro, if you want to count him, almost certainly will be on their NHL roster in the coming season. Yeah. A couple other defensemen in Frederick Allard, Alexander Carrier. Might need some more work from these guys, but definitely potential yeah. call-up options for them this season. Further off, David Ferentz. Yeah, uh, Ferentz off. as well. Spencer Stasny uh, just yeah. had his first year at Notre Dame. We'll see. Not really. Not a not a big Stasny fan. Not huh? not a big Stasny fan. No. Interesting. Seems seems early to have written him off, but I understand. 
I I never liked him at the the USHL or in the USNTDP and yeah, and his production at Notre Dame this year was was pretty it's, yikes. It's Notre Dame though. Plus they had uh, eight defensemen that they were rotating, and it was. I'm I'm kind of giving a lot of free passes for the Notre Dame defense last year because they had so many bodies. Yeah, uh, and there were there was like an established hierarchy at the top, and then it was just mayhem at the bottom. So I I think it'll be interesting, and and like we're we're talking about the guy that was a fifth round pick here. Like, ugh. he's got a long way to go to prove that, uh, you know, to even get a contract, let alone be a quality NHL player. Yeah, I I mean the guy's career high in goals since turning 15 is three in a season. I guess he's a defenseman, but like, if you get Patrick Nemeth out of him, I think that's like his absolute ceiling. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly, I was disappointed that they, they got nothing out of Jack Doherty. Yeah. I was surprised about that. He was a guy that I really, I really liked him as a, as just a, just a steady stay at home D that, you know, wasn't going to give you any kind of offense. And I was, I was surprised they got nothing out of that. What, what could have been a crazy 2014 draft. They have Fiala, Kamenev, Doherty, and, and Arvidsson. Uh, they've just gotten really Arvidsson and, and now they got rid of Fiala already. So yeah, kind of crazy. blew it up, but yeah. I guess defensive expectations in that organization offensively are pretty high. So yeah, and and really like this is this is an or this is a prospect pool that for me it's about it's about the talent at the top. Yeah. Uh Tomasino, Tolvanen, and Fabro. Those right. three guys. Right. Jumping into that twenty nineteen draft, you add Tomasino to that and, and yeah. that's where it really starts to look strong. Definitely. The and even uh a Fanaseev yep. wasn't my favorite guy in the USHL. Uh but it's hard to again, it's Scoring a point per game in the USHL in your dra- as a draft eligible prospect is notable because it's yeah. a very defensive league. It's a very low scoring league, and it's not it's not the easiest league to go out and put a point per game up when you're not playing for the DP when you're playing on an actual USHL team. And right. I, I it's a not- he's an interesting prospect for them. He'll bring a a big size and goal scoring potential to their forward core. Tomasino is the exact opposite. He's all electricity. He's all feet and hands and flash. Uh, and then Tolvanen, same thing. Very flashy, high-end guy. Uh, big-time goal-scoring potential. Favreau is a defenseman. Uh, Build is a really strong two-way guy coming off of a career in which he steadily got better at Boston. We'll see. I know you and I are not the world's biggest Dante Fabro fans, but... Yeah. You know, could be could end up being a guy that replaces PK Subban with with relative ease in their top four this year, given yeah. the down year that Subban had right. and the minutes that Fabro will get. I think that uh, they've got those three guys uh, between Tomasino, Tolvanen, and Fabro. Those three guys are really what what keep this what what elevate this system ahead of the others. Is that there's there's high end there. And and they do have some of that depth to back it up as well. You already they mentioned Ference, guys like Mark Del Geizo back there yeah. as well. Someone I've always liked to to round out and even beyond the the high end guys, you have some some lottery tickets that you could potentially hit on. The one spot they are lacking is the goaltending that is softened quite a bit by having Saros as their backup. But beyond For that, 
it's a little bit lacking for me unless you believe in Connor Ingram. Which is certainly an intriguing guy. Uh, yeah. Strong, strong, strong career in the AHL to this point. Very obviously something problematic off the ice because he was given away for a song by Tampa Bay. Yeah. It's a very interesting situation <laughs> that certainly don't know all the details on it, but there's something going on there. Yeah. And then there's, there's a bunch of your classic, like lottery ticket goaltending. They, they yeah. had, they, they did what I said. They just took a rando from, from Russia and hope for the best. Uh, they take pretty much a goalie every single season. Um, for the for the most part, they take at least one goalie every year, and we'll see. You know, you never yeah. really know. They're they're one of the only teams that consistently pulls goalies out of the NAHL, though, and that's interesting to me. That's some deep dive in there. It really is. I don't know if you've ever watched that league, but I have. <laughs> buddy, trying to project an NHL goaltender out of that league is incredible. <laughs> I would much I would much rather be turning to like the Czech Pro League and be like, all right, who's an eighteen year old over here? Right. At least they're pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So moving on to the number two spot. Unfortunately, I have the Chicago Blackhawks here. I imagine you do too. A couple uh, of homers sitting here putting Colorado yeah. first. Had to do it. Had to do it to him. But I mean, really, when you look at the systems, it's it's not. It's really not that close. Not a whole lot of teams have three first round picks sitting around ready to jump in. Yeah, <laughs> four, and, I guess, really. And I was gonna say, like, and that's uh, that is uh, generous with the no Makar. Right. It, with Makar, it would be five. So, you know. Yeah. and But but with Chicago first, they have done a very good job of, of building mm-hmm. a prospect pool, despite some interesting moves like Yoki Haru for Nylander. Yeah. They have a Kirby Doc. They have Nylander still counts as a quality prospect, even if it is a bit of a weird value for Yoki Haru. They brought in Alexi Sorella to have immediate impact for them. Even going further down the list, you get into Nicholas Bodan, Adam Boquist, probably near the top of this list of their prospects. It's just bang, 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 a ton of quality. I've got Doc and Boquist at the top with Sorella because he's had such a great AHL career so far. Yeah. And then I have Nick Bowden and Ian Mitchell, who I think has just been a stud at DU. Yeah. Uh, and then getting even beyond that, you have guys like Jake Wise and Philip yeah. Kurashev, um, uh, Alexi Gravel, um, Gravel, I'm sorry, Alex Vlasic, uh, Tepley was just drafted, um, uh, Evan Barrett, really interesting uh, right. and forward prospect. And you can you see the difference. I think both of us are not or were not super high on taking Vlasic in the second round at forty three. Sure, but when he's tenth on this list of prospects, you're right. like, okay. That's right. solid. When yeah. you put him and and I think it's funny because I think they're kind of a victim of too many defensemen. Yeah, because you can't play all these guys, and I think right. that's probably why they traded Yoki Haru. It's weird that they're trying to go for a cup and they traded the guy that could help them immediately. A little weird, like, yeah. That they're that they're still trying to get value out of Taze and Kane's career, and and stay you know postseason relevant. 
Yeah. Uh, and they trade the guy that could have helped them in the NHL immediately because the only guy that maybe has a chance to now is Bulkvist. And right. that's still, you're still guessing about a, an OHL to the NHL jump. But a lot of defensemen here between Bulkvist, Bowden, um, uh, Mitchell, and, yeah. and Vlasic. And then you could start to get into some of the other guys and, and have. Yeah deeper lottery picks kind of yeah yeah like a chad chris you're you're kind of you know maybe you could talk yourself into it yep um uh, dennis gilbert a guy who was uh, a pretty high pick a couple years ago actually played in the nhl last year um but you're talking so many bodies on a blake hillman uh got into a couple of games a couple years uh last season um you're you're talking about a deep group of defensemen and there's some high end, but there's a lot of varying skill sets. And that's really what drives this ranking. The forwards, yeah. it's like Kirby doc and a whole bunch of you're hoping for the best. Yeah. Like Kirby doc by far, you know, I, I really like Tepley. I think he's a really interesting prospect. Um, Sorella, obviously I love, but he's more of like a jump into the NHL right now. Kind of like with Nylander. Yep. He's got to make the jump to the NHL now and because it's it's go time for that guy. Yeah. But Nicholas Nordgren, in, really interesting. I was, I'm was i a big Jake Wise fan. I'm also a big Philip Kurashev fan. Both of those guys are, or all three of those guys, really high skill guys. Evan Barrett just had a killer sophomore season at, at Penn State. So you're talking, there's, there's depth. Yeah. There's high end. There's varying skill sets. There's centers left wings right wings everything it's it's a system that's very complete there's goaltending uh though that's more of a you're kind of hoping it is a little bit of a, a lottery ticket on gravel but yeah and it, and not a, a super deep group of goaltenders it's like gravel yeah but i mean if, if you have some something that you have faith in at least which i do with gravel it's yeah there are some organizations like Washington that pump out goaltenders and there are some that just get enough to get by and, and pick up them in other ways. And it really, they, they don't, if you're going to have a weakness in your system, like having a big goaltender is, is really, it's honestly, it's fine. Yeah. I don't disagree with that because you can only, you're only playing one at a time in the NHL. You only need two of them total. Your organization only really needs five from the NHL to the ECHL. So if you're not if you're not spending a ton of assets and you're not loading up on high end goalie prospects, that's fine. Like I would much rather them. I like the approach that they've had because they've gone after aggressively gone after the last three years. Uh, 2016 they had four top 100 picks. 2017 they had four. 2018 they had four, and then you know this last year they only had two, but yeah. one of them was third overall. So Yahtzee, right. It being able to consistently get value out of picks like that is how you start to build up a, a, a big pool, which uh, not too different from how the Avs have, yeah. have done it, putting themselves at the top of this list. You know, the real question with the Blackhawks prospects is how many of them are going to end up in Arizona in the next few yeah, years. Right. There you go. Swap for swap type picks. And yeah. How many end up being Dylan Strome for Chicago? Yeah, well, Kirby, Kirby Doc for Barrett Hayton is going to be a big time trade someday. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay, so 
before we or I guess we can close off the yeah. Chicago Coyotes thing and we can jump into the avalanche. We kind of mentioned it at the top of the show that the just high end is absurd to have it's broken, yeah. man. Yeah. Like you look at it and between just Byram, Cout, New Hook, Bowers alone. Go home. Yeah. Turn off the lights. Right. We're done. Easy money. That would Colorado in first place alone. Just those four guys. Right. I agree. And and then you can add you start adding on top of that, like we mentioned with a Timmons, maybe with a Malosh, some right. other un, other undrafted prospects. If you get something out of a Sampo Ransa, who we talked about the other day, or a yeah. Luca Burzan, or a, I mean Drew Hellison, the guy was yeah. drafted forty seventh overall. Right. You know, like this is Drew Hellison would be in the top five of what would arguably push for the top five in all the other systems except Chicago and Nashville. Anyone in the bottom half of the Central Division would be drooling over Drew Hellison. Yeah, he would be a major addition to their system. And Drew Hellison is arguably like seventh or eighth in Colorado's. Yeah, I agree. It's it's incredibly exciting that what they've built in, on this pool over the past couple of years. Obviously, the two of us are much more familiar with what is in this system compared to some of the especially weaker ones. Yeah. I mean, like we're able to talk like we know what a Shamil Schmackov is, right? Exactly. And it's a lot. It's a lot harder to uh, talk about like what a, what a, what's a Josh S. Yeah, couldn't tell you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you don't even know if I just made that name up. <laughs> so, so I did my best not to include just the knowledge bias of of everything going on in the system. Yeah, but I mean, the defense is absurd with Byram and. Timmons and Hellison and Malosh. Right. Those four alone, man. Like those four guys push the 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 Boquist, Bowden, Mitchell, Vlasic group. Right. I I agree with that. And if you want to do the cheap move and throw Makara in, I think they easily easily overtake it. Yeah. Well, and like that's where it's like, well, with Yoki Haru, Chicago probably has the better group. Right. But they got rid of him for Alex Nylander, and I wouldn't take now Alex Nylander over any of Cout, Newhook, or Bowers. Certainly not me either. So, so now I'm not taking Alex Nylander over the top three forwards in Colorado's system, and I'm not taking him over the top four defensemen in their system. Yeah, it's... like I, I might consider Nylander for Hellison. Yeah, I, I'd say that's probably fair. You're, you're probably in the ballpark there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm having that conversation. That's the guy yeah. where I I will have the con- – I would not have the conversation with Milosh or Timmons. And sure as hell, they ask for Bowen Byram, and I'm just giggling. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's like, whatever drugs that you're on, you need to share. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Drugs are bad. Don't do them, kids. You heard it here. Drugs are bad, but the abs prospect pool is very, very good. <laughs> right. This is this is as exciting a time for this, and and the crazy part is is where are these guys going to graduate? Okay, great, you've graduated. Maybe you graduate Byram this year. Yep. Great. Maybe maybe you graduate Timmons this year. I think you're stretching, but let's say you do. Right at absolute most, at the absolute most, you would graduate Byram, Cal, and Timmons this season. Yeah. And then you're looking at next year, probably Bowers. Right. Probably Bowers. You really need to get Malosh in there. If if, yep. if not, by that, like his fourth pro year, it's time. 
Yeah, if he's not in there by then, yeah, you should be looking to make a move there. Right. It's do or die time with Malosh at that point. Um, but and then you've added another draft class. Although this year's draft class will only have the first rounder and the late third that Toronto gives them. But so even it then, won't be the year quite as quite as as like strong. It won't be quite as and that and that sure. goes to the chance Colorado took on Burakovsky because they could have added, they could have gone in and added another first, second, and third round pick somewhere in here. Uh, and and beefed up this list and okay only and hey there's a chance none of these guys graduate from this this prospect pool this year you know there's a chance they send Byron back Cout does not graduate Timmons does not graduate we're all looking at the same group next one year later plus another draft class right and value will change a little bit if some of those guys don't graduate but it's still going to be extremely strong and yeah. they continue to go even deeper. Two years out, you're looking at a potentially a new hook graduation. You're looking at a Kovalenko graduation. Yeah. It's just so, so deep. It is. It's it's deep enough where four years ago, Nick Henry would have been a top five prospect. And now he's barely in the top 10, if at right. all. Right. He's, we'll, we'll say arguably a top 10 prospect. I would have yeah. him just. I would have him eight to 12 ish. Right. Kind of without making an exact list, but I do really like him. So I'd have him in there. Ty Lewis, same thing. Like this a couple years ago, he would have been a top prospect. Yep. And now these guys are probably more appropriately ranked because Colorado system is deeper. Right. You know, I see elite prospects is doing their organizational prospect countdown, whatever. And I have not seen Colorado. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. But I have not seen the abs pop up yet, and they're at 12. Doing pretty good. <laughs> so this is not just us, like, hardcore homering here. This is at, at least other people who do this for a living are looking at Colorado's pipeline and saying it's it's at minimum a top 11 pipeline. Could be even higher than that. I don't know what the rest of their list is. And I think that's fair. If I had to make up a top pipeline in the NHL right now, uh, I would have Colorado somewhere in the top seven. Yeah, just, I, just just eyeballing it. Easily in the top third of the league, I would say. No doubt about that. Oh, absolutely. Would, there's no way there are 10, ten teams, better. Ten teams yeah. that have better um, uh, pipelines, for sure. Yeah, I, I fully agree that this is probably as bad close to as deep as you can get with a, with a prospect pool, especially considering the situation the abs are in as a team where they right. look have to have already turned the corner and now are wanting to start to compete. It's kind of like having your cake and eating it because typically you have to pick, right? Do you have a, do you have a top system with high end guys and depth guys and forwards and defensemen and goaltenders or do you have uh, a good NHL team? And right now, Colorado's got more or less a complete system. It, I would say depends on how you feel about Ananen, who I still think has starter potential and is like their top goalie of the of the the pipeline. Yeah, definitely a little bit further off, but I agree. He would be the guy that that you have your faith in as far as that position in the organizational depth. Which 
it, the goalie spot is definitely their weakest spot. But as we said with other teams like Nashville, that's kind of okay. Yeah. So with how insanely deep they are at forward and D right now, yeah, it's just well, get with excited. The high end. <laughs> yeah, right. Not just it's not eight middle six guys it's a bunch of guys that's like this guy could be top six this guy could be right. top six this guy could be top six you count new hook and bowers could all be top six guys if things really break their way i think with it's really count and new hook um yeah i think it's a, a longer road to hoe there for for bowers to get to the top six and then byram could be a franchise defenseman and you're talking about connor timmons would be a top d in most other systems Easily a top four projection for a lot of them, certainly. Yeah, I mean, Timmons is an easy, like, if he works out, he is a, he's like a number three defenseman. And he would essentially be operating as a number four for the right. abs. And, and he could be, an, I mean, he could be a number five. Yeah. Between between Byram and McCarr and Gerard and Zadorov, like, Timmons could end up as, like, your fifth best D. Yeah, and and obviously yeah. you're you're dreaming a little bit there, but. Sure. If you say even half of this stuff works out. Well, and, and the crazy part about Carl's future defense is most of it already has. Right. Like, you, know, you know Makar is going to be a beast. Yep. Sam Gerard has already shown himself to be very capable. Yeah. You're feeling awful good about life right now with Bowen Byram. Absolutely. And then, you know, Connor Timmons, you're hoping that he can just stay healthy and avoid the avoid the concussion stuff. Yeah, you're flipping coins there. If they come up heads and he is the same player he was before, great. Even mm-hmm. beyond that, if you get a bottom pairing guy out of Nicholas Malosh, that's perfectly helpful too. Seriously, like not again. You don't love it as a, a getting it out of the 40th pick, but if that's what you end up with, and hell, if he lives up to the potential that we think that he has, he'd be a yeah. really, really good. For, like. A Zadorov Malosh third pairing would be so that nasty. Be mean. <laughs> next to next to Gerard and Timmons and then Byram and McCall. Oh, I gotta get we gotta get out of here. Yeah, we're gonna we, we're gonna we gotta get out of here. We're, we're turning we're turning this into we're turning the this into an, yeah. an adult rated podcast. <laughs> and that is the you know, people are gonna be listening to this in traffic, and I, I apologize. <laughs> For the effect that this conversation might have. All right. Well, before it gets too exciting, we'll we'll stop it there. But very excited for the future of this Avs prospect pool. And we have them at the top of the central. So it just a ton of excitement coming into this coming season and, and the years ahead. I can't wait for the season to get started and we can dig into a lot of this even more. But that's going to do it for this show. And you will hear up from us tomorrow. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. 
That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.